I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Cultivating a Lifestyle of Generosity, Part 2, Divine Dividends Altruism remains a popular pastime with the uber-wealthy and the famously rich. Defined, altruism encompasses one's devotion to the welfare of others. It's also defined as the unselfish regard for others. Certainly some givers in this elite category do have proper heart motives for giving. But if we take a look at some celebrated gestures of generosity— it's hard to categorize many of them as motive-free. The celebrity or billionaire whose contributions make national news on TV or in the papers certainly benefits from positive press. And those who announce or publicize their contributions on social media, heralded as modern-day heroes, also reap a reputational reward for such actions. Unquestionably, good is still done whether such good deeds are blasted around the world or done discreetly and without fanfare. But in God's economy, discretionary giving is the benchmark for which the devout Christian should aim. In Matthew 6, 2, Jesus tells his followers, When you give to the needy, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets, to be honored by men. Truly, I tell you, they already have their full reward. Authentic, devoted followers of Christ give to God and to their needy fellow brothers and sisters out of a deep place of gratitude for all God has done for them. I love how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 8.12. There we read, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Giving with a willing heart has less to do with provision than it does with amenability. Individuals who love God and practice being responsive to the needs of those around them are unconcerned about reaping any benefits from their actions. Giving as others direct or demand is far from godly. I once had a friend who discreetly chose where and how she would give or contribute financially based on what she might reap from it later. She would never hesitate to let others know how much she gave or where and how, and she thought others should direct their spending in the same way and also wanted to direct that. She weaponized her own charitable contributions and favors to friends to amass a perception of indebtedness to suit her own purposes. Indeed, this kind of transactional giving still benefits recipients, but the Lord is far from glorified with such displays. In 2 Corinthians 9-7, Paul instructs Christ's followers to give what you have decided in in your heart, to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And in Psalm 112-5, we learn that good will come to those who are generous, to those who conduct their affairs with justice. Wrong-headed motivation clearly undermines any charity, at least to some degree. As we grow, our character and our goal to reflect Christ can excel in everything, seeing also that we excel in the grace of giving, as it's spelled out in 2 Corinthians 8-7. Of course, there are many divine dividends with which the cheerful giver is personally blessed. In Proverbs 11.25, we learn that a generous person will prosper, Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And in Luke 6.38, we are reminded to give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over 
will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Giving is so important to God that He even extended the only challenge found in the Bible to center around this action. Malachi 3.10 states that we are to bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. The verse goes on to say, Test me now in this. God does say unto him that he will open the windows of heaven and pour out for us a blessing until it overflows. In my own life, I've certainly found this to be true. Whether the currency is kindness or capital, that proverb's truth holds up. When you show love to family and friends, you are more inclined to receive it in equal measure. And when we give monetarily, we will surely reap the results from a testing situation described in Malachi, in God's perfect timing. Have you ever experienced an overflow so stupendous that only you could hardly believe what you were experiencing? Such watershed moments are inevitable for the Christ follower who gives with a pure and undivided heart to the uncreated one who remains the giver of all good gifts. Join me in thanking Him today as we continue to give generously and reap divine dividends. I'd like to read this excerpt now from my second book, The Trap Door, and this excerpt is entitled Whoppers from Pulpit and Pew, The Lord Helps Those Who Help Themselves. In luxury hotels in Dubai, vending machines stocked with solid gold bars amuse bored guests. But in sharp contrast, in neighboring Sanapur, thousands of workers from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and China are vastly underpaid and live in squalor. In the fancy Upper East Side neighborhood in Manhattan, on Park Avenue, high-rises are filled with hedge fund managers who are living in the lap of luxury. Yet slightly to the northeast, on the other side of the Harlem River, the Park Avenue that's in the South Bronx is home to America's poorest congressional district. There in South Bronx, about 40% of the residents, many of them unemployed, make less than $40 a day. The disparity is staggering. In California, where I live, it's not uncommon to see a homeless person pushing a shopping cart past Lamborghinis in the parking lot of a local supermarket. It's these moments where the haves come in direct contact with the have-nots. Some needs are greater than others. I've spoken with some young homeless men who refuse the drip coffee I offer to buy them as I stand in line to buy my own drip at Starbucks. He politely declines, saying that he's going to instead hold out for a triple latte. Since I'm not a $7 or maybe $10 cup of coffee kind of consumer, he will wait for someone else to buy him what he wants. But I've also looked into the eyes of a homeless woman holding her baby daughter and seeing her fear and true need given her money. But the more I come in contact with the have-nots, the more I learn the why and how are far less important than my response in the face of genuine need. I've told these stories to others and have heard time and time again the comment, the Lord helps those who help themselves. As much as this might sound like a proverb of Solomon, this sentence isn't anywhere in the Bible. The idea behind it is misconstrued from verses where Paul states, the one who is unwilling to work neither should eat, and that's from 2 Thessalonians 3.10. This verse was meant to communicate that whoever was able-bodied was able to pull his weight, and should, so as not to be a burden to the others who were also contributing in their communities. Paul is clearly speaking here to those who have the ability and opportunity to work. He's not talking about the disabled 
or those who look for work and cannot find it. He is not referring to people who are too old, those responsible for young charges or older parents, or those with obsolete jobs or skills no longer useful in our changing world. Truth be told, the Lord actually blesses those who help others. He even commands it. Love one another are the words Jesus spoke in John thirty-four thirty-five, And that clearly trumps circumstances when someone has a need that's not being met. I do pray for discernment when someone asks for help, but I also remind myself of this. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's from 1 Samuel sixteen seven. And the keys to kingdom living are, we are responsible to help the truly needy among us. And the doorpost is, for there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. Deuteronomy fifteen eleven. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.